Once again, good morning, brothers and sisters. It's a pleasure to be here to speak again. It's a privilege, actually. It's, a, it's not a pleasure. It's a privilege to speak. I was remembering in 2022, I guess, I joined the SBF. And uh, if I remember how I was, I was really tired and overwhelmed. And uh, these are the moments I would ask God, do you really see next? And uh, by the time I joined the SPF, and I found brothers and sisters that you are, and I was, wow, thank you, God. I hope you know how you are blessed to be at SBF. And uh, I always pray for a daily increment of his manifestation among ourselves so that we can continue to serve him. Amen. Let's uh, pray before we go to the word. Father, we thank you this morning for an occasion like this. You knew it before we even know it, and you have decided that we meet this time around to praise you and to listen to what you are looking forward to tell us this morning. I pray that you enlighten and illuminate our souls and spirits so that we can pay attention to what you are telling me and telling your congregation as well. I pray for the Holy Spirit to manifest his power, the anointing that comes right from you. I pray that you visit everyone who is here this morning and everyone who will be following us right online. I pray that you empower us in a way that you want us to be. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may have seen that our text this morning, it is in James and in Luke. That's where we'll be reading this morning. And uh, let's again remind ourselves in James chapter 4, verse 13. I'm reading from NIV. James 4, verse 13. It starts this, Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Verse 15. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. Verse 16. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. That's the text we have this morning. And uh, just a brief reminder, James that we have here, he's mentioned as the half-brother of Jesus in Matthew chapter, 15, uh, chapter 13, verse 55. He's said to be the half-brother of Jesus Christ. And uh, 
in other verses, he's mentioned to be the pillar of the early church. You can check some cross-references uh, that talk about James. So why do I mention this? It is because when you see how he starts the whole epistle in James chapter 1, it can give you uh, something that you can think about. It starts this way in James 1, verse 1. James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how the whole epistle starts. James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Why this matters? It matters because our title or our scripture's title, it says boasting. And when you feel like James is the half-brother of Jesus Christ, and you see that he's starting the message by saying, James, I am a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't feel anything? What are you merely? And you are talking about boosting. James would have said, hey, James, I, the half-brother of Jesus Christ. But he didn't say so. He said, James, the servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So we are talking about boasting, and, uh, and we will be looking about this. So uh, what is boasting? I can ask our young ones, what is boasting? What is boosting? Bright. What is boosting? Like bragging. Good definition, right? So, uh, uh, boosting or boasting. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to compare that. So, boasting is talking with excessive pride and self-satisfaction about one's achievements, possessions, or abilities. I'm trying to assist on boasting because I know in some countries, uh, somewhere, you will ask someone, what is your profession? And then he will say, I am the cousin of the president. So that's the profession that he's saying. So boasting, bragging, what a bragging. So then James is telling us this morning, listen, that's an imperative mood. Reason, when we say imperative, we are talking about a command or a request. James is saying, brothers and sisters, now, reason, you who say, this is very general, it can be you, it can be me, it can be all of us. Reason, you who say that today and tomorrow we will go to this or that city, and spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. That's the current business. James is talking to us this morning. We do literally this every morning, every day. So we want to go to the city, we want to go to make money. We do this every morning, we go to work overnight just to make money. So I want to 
make sure that you understand that James is talking to us this morning. We are living that lifestyle of waking up, going to work, and making money. And you have the calendars that are very full from Monday to Friday. I recently called in an office. I wanted an appointment. They say, you know, the earliest we can have is uh, 2024, August, somewhere. And I, uh, I was, wow. So the calendars are full. We've got plans. We are planning. Just we want to make money. We want to make sure that today we are working on something. Tomorrow we are working on something. Just that's the lifestyle we are living and James is talking to us this morning. And uh, someone was telling me that, you know, I even need to book an appointment to go to visit my son. <laughs> you see how life is busy? <laughs> so that's what we are doing. And that's how we are living. So we have 10-year plan. We have five-year plans. We have plans after retirement. That's the life we are living. We even make a bucket list. <laughs> That's something that I learned recently. A bucket list. This is what I have to do before I kick the bucket, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we wake up our kids every morning. Hey, son. Hey, daughter. You need to go to school because you have to work on your future. You know, you need a bright future, son. That's the lifestyle we are living. And James is talking to us this morning. And what does he say in verse 14, again in your Bible? He's just asking, why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. That's very intriguing. So we, we pretend to know what is happening tomorrow, right? Because we plan for 10 years. We plan for five years. That means we know what will happen tomorrow. We try, right? But James is telling us, why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. In other words, he's asking us, how do you plan for tomorrow when you don't even know what will happen? That's unfair. <laughs> Because I have planned my whole week already, so <laughs> I, can, I can tell you what will be tomorrow and after tomorrow. So, but James is saying, why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. Honestly, we don't know what will happen tomorrow, even if we plan. We can try. We can rely on the meteorologists. Those guys who are on the screen somewhere, the tomorrow is going to be rainy somewhere in Windham and somewhere in whatever. Uh, we can rely on that. But we don't really know what will happen tomorrow. There are other people who rely on astrologists. I, I hope we don't have anyone here, astrologists, you know, or kind of fortune tellers. I hope we don't have anybody here this morning because we don't know what will happen tomorrow. It's not incumbent to us to know what will happen tomorrow. So the business mindset, it tells us that if we work hard today, you are sure of tomorrow, isn't it? That's what they tell us. That's what we tell ourselves. Son, no one with this last name has been very lazy. You know, son, you have to understand this. No one of this last name you know, you have to get out and work, you know, because you need a bright future. You need 
uh, you know, sunny, we are uh, self-made, middle class kind of, those things that we say every morning. So I'm trying to give the backbone of this message from the human perspective. That's how we plan. That's how we feel, even in our blood. Someone will tell you, I worked on this from scratch, and now it's vibrating. Those are the messages we listen outside here. Someone will even lie to you, I start this restaurant with a single grain of rice, son. Just to show you how powerful the human being is and what they can achieve. And if you go to the insurance market outside here, it's another story. When they talk about tomorrow and they tell us the future plans of how we can do stuff, you know? Someone will tell you, you want this, you pay something on a monthly basis, and after 10 years, you will be sleeping peace-free, you will be, you know, uh, feeling good. Oh, Gene, you know, this company has great retirement plans. That's the message across, uh, across our friends and acquaintances. You know, Miss Becky, I am still working because my retirement will not be enough if I retire today. That's how we are feeling. That's the feeling we are having, brothers and sisters. If you go to the life insurance value in 2021 in the USA, it was valued at 3.2 trillion. Life insurance. So we want to insure our life, right? It's like we want to codify things to the extent that we feel self-reliant, self-dependent, self-determining. We want that self-independence. But from who? That's what we want. Someone can ask himself, what is the place of God in all these plannings? Where is God? Where do we plan? I recently had a, a tiny mail paper in my mailbox. It was uh, about, it was telling me to buy burial insurance. <laughs> burial insurance or funeral insurance. And the paper was saying, I'm going to read it, I took a picture. Uh, burial insurance plan is now available. You want peace of mind for your future? It can be yours with your wonderful selection of burial insurance plans. Uh, for you and your loved ones, premiums are available from 5000 and up. That was the paper that I received in my mail, and I was, wow. Huh. So, <laughs> so we, we are really working hard to make sure that we can control the future. We can control what is coming ahead. That's, and James is telling us, why? You don't even know tomorrow. <laughs> why? <laughs> so in other words, you can flip this and say, does James say that we should not plan for today and tomorrow? Not at all. That's not what he's saying. His emphasis is about the relation between 
the human planning and God's planning. What is the relation between what you plan and what God plans? That's what James is trying to push to us this morning. In the second part of verse 14, James will not leave let us move before asking us a question. He says, what is your life? That's verse 14. What is your life? Are you trying to respond to the question? What is your life? <laughs> That's James, verse 14. What is your life? A first grader will tell you, my life is my life. And the 12th grader will say, yes, of course, my life is my life. You want to know? You want to know that? I want to live it the way I want. What is your life? James is asking. But if you ask our brothers and sisters in joy ministry, what is your life? They might give you a great answer than expected because they will probably define life as James said it in this verse. You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. That's how James defined or tried to respond to the question he was asking. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. That's James speaking to us this morning. Then you can ask yourself, what is my life? You know, I can spend dollars doing surgeries, shaping my life the way I want. But what is life? What is life? There is, there is a song that was very known. It's, it's called We Are the Word. Anyone knows the song, We Are the Word? <laughs> so I recently checked on those people who were in the song back then when they were singing the song. And I tried to see who were the stars of that time. One, two, three, four, five, and who are still alive. I went on Google and Wikipedia. They said, this one has gone, this one has gone, oh, this one is retiring somewhere. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. That's what James is telling us this morning. But also, why is he telling us this? You can say, no, I'm not mist. You know, I'm going to live wrong. I know this and this and this. But this is something that you can check even yourself. This is something you can have an illustration. You, you are born today. You are using a milk bottle, and tomorrow you are in first grade. After some months, you are in high school. And after that, you start working, and you marry. You've got wife. You've got kids. And soon enough, 
you start losing your hair. You start turning gray. <laughs> and later on, we meet here singing till we meet again with good flowers in a black suit. What is your life? We are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. So now that we know what James wants us to do with this. Now that we understand that you are a mist that appears for a little while and vanishes, what can we do? What shall we do? What do you want us to do, James? Verse 15 in your Bible. James is saying, instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we'll live and do this or that. Has anybody realized the verb ought? Ought, ought, ought. It's an, usual, it's, an, it's an unusual verb, but uh, it expresses an obligation or a natural expectation. So we ought, we are expected to, we ought to say, in whatever business we are doing, in whatever business we are planning, listen to you who say, we will go there tomorrow and do this and this and this and make money. Why? You don't even know your future. You don't even know what is happening tomorrow. You are a mist that appears, and in a little while you vanish. But then what shall we do? James is telling us, in all these plans that we are making, in all these uh, bigger plans that we have in our agenda, we ought to say one thing. We have to say one thing. If, that's conditional, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. One reason that I like, I like joy ministry, but I'm yet to, to be part of it, but uh, I really like it because that's where you can go and talk to our friends, and then they will start telling you, hey, son, cool down, <laughs> you know, cool down. <laughs> I've been there, I've done this, I've seen this, I've dreamed about this, but now I'm here. That's why you can listen to those messages, especially for us who are growing and for the young ones. We need those messages because they will teach us to start saying, if it is God's will, I will do, I will go and do this. But the tendency, the tendency is, we want to start by ourselves, not God's will. And that's what James is telling us to avoid, brothers and sisters. We often do stuff ourselves. We often uh, achieve things. And then we start credit ourselves. We start putting ourselves at the front of every achievement. We brag. We boast. Son, you made it. We made it. Son. Right? James is telling us that such boasting 
and bragging is evil. Instead, we ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. That's the very comparing message that I want us to have this morning. Of course, you can ask a lot of things. We need money. Yeah, we need money. We need staff, a lot of staff. We need to go to the store. You put in your credit card and you get staff. We need that, right? It's life, right? So we need to plan for tomorrow. It's okay to eat five today and you save five for tomorrow. It's okay. It's okay to foresee that you're going to replace your roof in five years. Then you start putting some money aside. It is okay. All that is okay. But the question is and will be, what is, what, who are you planning with? It is okay to plan. But who are you planning with? With yourself or with himself? That's the question we should be asking. Otherwise, we need to live. We need those things. And you should be asking yourself again, as the title of the sermon, who is on the steering wheel? Who is driving this van? Who is driving this car that I'm trying to call mine? Who is... Uh, helping me when she shakes. Who is driving it? That's the question we should be asking ourselves this morning. You know, the, the tenderness has always been when we do things and they work perfectly. We start calling ourselves superheroes. When you start a tiny business and after two years to start flourishing and you start appearing in New Hampshire business of the year magazine, kind of, you start saying, wow, I made it. I'm the kind of person. So the arrogance and boosting, they are always waiting in the corner. In whatever that you are trying to achieve, in whatever that you are planning, the arrogance and the boosting, they are waiting somewhere in the corner. So you should be aware, and you are warned. So when you plan, when you do your stuff, when it goes very well, don't please start mentioning, oh, you know, son, I've been consistent, I've been very disciplined in this, you know what, I'm a self-made man, so that's why you are a prosperous son. No. That's the arrogance that starts. That's the boasting that is coming. And James is telling us that kind of arrogance, it is evil. And what should you say? You ought to say, if it is God's will in this planning, I will go, I will do, I will live, and I will do this and that. And when that thing happens again, go back and say, it was God's will. It was not Jean's will. It was God's will that I made it, that I'm alive, that my business is flourishing, that my profession is growing, that the promotion is coming. It is because of God's will. 
not human ability, not something that you can brag that, hey, I got a PhD, that's why I'm getting promoted. I'm an excellent worker. I wake up earlier. I never miss this and this. That's why I've been consistent. It's not. It is because of God's will. And that should be what we tell ourselves when we yeah, planning. Amen. Amen. You're going to say, are we going to have vacation now that you are running this? Are we going to enjoy what? No, you will. You have to. You can. Because <laughs> it's, yes, it's a blessing that comes from the Lord. But naturally what he's looking from us is to credit himself. Is to give him the credit. Because he's the one who makes us make it, right? It's not us. So such boosts and bragging, they are evil. Avoid them, brothers and sisters. And I was reminded in 1995, uh, in my country, uh, they changed the bills. The National Bank, they changed the bills. You know the bills? $10, kind of. So in my country, they changed them. My grandpa was, has saved some thousands but he was old. And when they tell him, hey, did you know that they changed the bill? He was, no way, they didn't. They are giving you fake bills. That's my father. I'm not going to change them. And it was until he goes to the store with that money, and he was said, this is no longer in use, Grandpa. <laughs> and he was, really? I've never seen him sad like that day. I didn't know the plans he had for the money, but what I know, the plans were not going to be achievable. The money was useless, the plans were ending, and that was the end of whatever he was probably bragging about. Yeah, I'm going to build a house, I'm going to do this and this and this. After those many years of saving, the, the balance is zero. So, if it is God's will, we can prosper, we can move on, we can have all that we are planning in a profitable manner to us and to his kingdom. In Luke chapter 12, from 16 to 21, we are reading a parable of the rich fool. I'm going to read quickly as we want to wrap up. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. Verse 17. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Verse 18. Then he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain, verse 19, and I will say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. When I arrived here, I was imagining this young man or this gentleman 
on a beach, somewhere on a beach, sitting, you know, uh, in, or in a hot tub, you know, enjoying some wine around and, you know, say, oh, my grain, oh, my grain, wow, 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 my grain. That's how he was picturing the guy that we are reading here. And in verse 20, but God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? Good question. 21, this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. Wow. If you go through this text, I'm going to offer just a brief lesson of pronouns. If you go into this text, you're going to find six I. Six I. If you count the I's in the text, it's six I. And if you count, you're going to see two myself. There are two. When you say I, we are talking about subjective pronoun. The man is speaking about himself. And myself, it is a reflexive pronoun for the young ones who are still on the school bench. And you have four possessive adjectives. My, 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 my. And what is missing? We are missing mine and me. Those are possessive pronouns and object pronouns. But the text is full of me, me, myself, mine. What a bragging. And James is telling us such bragging is evil. God is blessing us up front, brothers and sisters. And when things are great, we start teaching God the lesson about pronouns. That's evil. <laughs> You start telling God, you know, Lord, it's me who wakes up earlier, and when I get my money, it is for myself, and it's mine. I can't support my brother. In distress, they have to work on, their, on theirs as well. They have to work for their money. So God is blessing us. God is giving us what we have, and we start teaching him the pronoun lessons. It's mine. It's me. God, you know. That's very evil. That's what James is telling us. We won't be bragging in that. Because it has been God's will that we are prosperous. It has been because of him that we are having what we have. And one of the great pastors that I often listen to is called Aristabeg. He will say, it's all about God. May he forgive us every time we start to think it's actually all about us. That's how he says this. It's all about God. May he forgive us. The way when we start thinking, it's all about us. So brothers and sisters, this morning we can ask ourselves, are we rich toward God? Like the last sentence of Luke, uh, Luke verses that we read. Are we rich toward God? This morning, we should learn a total reliance on the Lord. We should be planning with Him, and those plans will never backfire. Trust me. 
If you plan with the Lord, it will not backfire. Even if it backfires, he will give you water, right? He will give you water when it backfires, as long as you have planned with him, not without him. Hallelujah. Yeah. And you will not be disappointed if he is informed at every step of your planning. You won't be, believe me. And don't resist if he's telling you this morning to make a U-turn in what you are planning. Hey, son. Hey, daughter. Make a U-turn and rely on me. If he's saying this to you, don't resist this morning. And uh, he wants the best for me and you. We owe him all the credit and the glory. What is more, that he will even lead us home. What is more? What do we need more if he promised us to lead us home? We want to rely on him in every single step. Another verse in the Bible will tell us, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall it? Nothing. So we want to let him take the steering wheel and we sit in the driving seat or passenger seat. Where do we sit? Passenger seat or driving seat? <laughs> vroom, vroom. <laughs> Let's go. We let him take the steering wheel, and then we sit on the passenger seat. We are going to enjoy that ride, right? Yes. Don't be fooled, brothers and sisters. There is no lifetime achievement out of Jesus Christ. The message here is, hey, we are going to be a lifetime achiever. We want out of Jesus Christ. And Paul will speak to Corinthians, the second Corinthians chapter 10, from 17 to 18. But let the one who boosts, boost in the Lord. For it is not the one who commands himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commands. Does he command you? I was expecting a yes. <laughs> Does he command you? <laughs> Amen. Yeah, so uh, it's not too late if he does not command you. You can turn to Jesus Christ this morning. He wants to take your steering wheel and he will be driving you from now on. Don't harden your heart if you are listening him telling you, turn, turn. Let him take the ride. He wants to save you. He wants to save me. He does that for free. And you will start enjoying the ride, brothers and sisters. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we thank you for this messaging. It was from you, and thank you for helping our hearts to grasp it, to apply it to our daily life, our busy schedules, our busy plannings. We want to release them to you. We want to see your hand moving across all that we are planning. We want that your will starts and ends 
everything we are aiming at having, achieving, or carrying on. We trust you and we continue to rely on you. We pray for those who are yet to be saved. And may they find a way and an opportunity to start relying on you and trusting you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.